Hello, everyone, and welcome to Straight of Straight Out of Sumner. I am Kelly Lacey with the Sumner County Health Department. Um, I wanted to jump on here in January. It's gone by so fast, but um, January is National Human Trafficking Prevention Month, and this is a great time to raise awareness about human trafficking and to educate uh, the public about how to identify and prevent this crime. So a few weeks ago, um, I attended a Lunch and Learned, and the speaker uh, was Jennifer White. She is from ICT SOS. And after hearing um, her talk about it, I thought it was important uh, to bring her on here um, and, again, you know, um, raise awareness uh, for this month. Um, so I am going to turn it over to her. She is the founder and executive director of ICT SOS. And, um, Jennifer, thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, like Kelly said, um, I am the founder and executive director of ICTSOS. We do a lot of training around human trafficking um, all year long, not just in January. Um, but we started in 2011 in response to a couple of cases in our area, in Wichita, um, that kind of hit the media, and we started very grassroots. I did not know I was starting a nonprofit. <laughs> it was not my, not my plan in life at that point, um, but kind of like probably some of you listening. Um, I was just a community member um, that was raising kids in the community that I live in. And as I started learning a little bit more about human trafficking, um, it was just kind of this realization that one, it isn't what I thought it was, um, doesn't look like what the media portrays a lot of times. Um, and it affects kids that were the same age as my kids at the time. My oldest daughter was 12. And at that point in time, you know, we were saying or hearing that the um, average age of first victimization um, in this way was happening around 12 to 14 mm. nationwide. And so just thinking about, you know, my own kids um, and their friends and peers, um, you know, potentially being exposed to some of these things, um, I like to say I'm nosy and I'm bossy. <laughs> so I kind of just started reaching out to some of the organizations in our community that we're working with at-risk youth, our law enforcement, some of our medical providers, and just saying, you know, again, as a community member, how can somebody help with this? And there really wasn't anything at that point in time. And so what we've done with ICTSOS over the last, gosh, we're looking at 13 years this year. Um, is really try to build an avenue for community members to get involved if they want to, um, but to learn more about the, the issue as well. And so one of the first things that we really started doing as an organization was prevention education in the schools. Mm. So probably late 2013, early 2014, we partnered with an organization at that time out of the Washington, D.C. area, that had a curriculum that was designed for middle school and high schoolers. And we used that for several years and, you know, over time kind of tweaked it and adjusted it to, to fit what we needed in our area. And then 2020 happened and the whole world shut down yes, it did. and we weren't able to be in schools. And it really gave us an opportunity to step back and completely revamp that curriculum. And so we worked with a, um, a local film company to create some um, narrative uh, film scenarios, some um, interviews, uh, there's some spoken word poetry. It's, it's very like multimedia 
approach um, to the curriculum. But we take that into middle schools and high schools and we talk with kids about what is trafficking, how does it happen. Um, we talk a lot about online safety. Almost all of our cases right now, especially with youth, start online. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about, you know, how are you navigating that space? Um, who are you interacting with? Who has access to your information? Things like that. And then we just talk a lot about um, relationship dynamics, things to, to look out for or be aware of. Um, so when we talk about human trafficking, a lot of people have a very specific idea in mind of what they think it is um and that's not always accurate um media and you know movies and video games and things portray this um in a certain way and so a lot of times people have this idea that we're talking about kidnapping um you know it's this very dramatic you know over the top kind of scenario that plays out in people's minds and really what we see is we see this happen in the context of a relationship so whether that is a relationship that already exists um, or a relationship that's being cultivated for this purpose, that's really kind of what we see. So if you think about that, again, that average age of, of, you know, first victimization being 12 to 14, you think, well, how does somebody that age get caught up in something like this? And what we see a lot of times is a kid that is, um, you know, has some sort of vulnerability, which we all have at different points. So this may be a kiddo that is um, in the foster care system or who doesn't have, you know, a safe, stable environment at home. Or it could be a kid that's, you know, in a great family and they're just struggling to connect. Um, you know, and so then they're posting things online. I broke up with my boyfriend. I'm fighting with my mom. I failed my math test. And somebody is in their direct messages to make that connection and, and start that relationship. And so... What starts out feeling maybe very innocent, you know, oh, this person um, is a potential friend or a potential boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, now they want to send me gifts. Now they're asking me for things. Now they want photos. Now they want me to meet up with them somewhere. And so, um, you know, when we think about kind of how that plays out, it's really not the, um, you know, the Liam Neeson taken yes. scenario. Um We see this a lot with homeless and runaway kids. We see it a lot with our our youth that are in foster care. And again, it's, you know, people that have some sort of vulnerability that somebody else comes along and is is able to take advantage of. When we back it up and look at the definition of human trafficking, the basic definition, what we tell um, our students in schools is we're really talking about the buying and selling of people. And so we see that in a couple of categories. We see it in labor trafficking and sex trafficking. Um, Labor, you know, is where somebody's being taken advantage of for their work. They're not being paid well. Um, They may not be able to leave where they're working. Um, Somebody else may be holding on to their documentation, things like that. And they're being exploited or, or taken advantage of in that way. And then on the sex trafficking side, we're really looking, again, at the same thing. We're looking at there's some sort of an exchange of value. Um, that may be sex for money. It may, though, be anything of a sexual nature for anything of value. And so that could look like, um, you know, a kid feeling like they have to have sex with somebody in order to have a safe place to stay or food to eat while they're on the run. So that exchange of value, um, the evidence that somebody is being exploited or taken advantage of, that's really all we need 
for something to be a trafficking situation for a youth um, because at you know under 18 they can't consent to those things anyway and the law kind of assumes you know if we've got a kiddo that is in a situation where you know they're engaging in prostitution or stripping or pornography or things like that to get their needs met there's something going on for this kid and so that's really all we have to be able to prove with a kid with adults it gets a little trickier because um, you know some of those things that kind of fall under that category of commercial sex stripping pornography those things are legal if you're an adult sure um so where then that becomes trafficking is if somebody is involved in those things because they're being forced or tricked or threatened into them and so, you know, for example, while it might be legal to work in a strip club if you're 25, it's not legal for somebody to force you to do it Absolutely. or trick you into it um, or threaten your children if you don't do what they say, things like that. So, again, when we look at this definition of people being put into a situation where somebody else is controlling things, somebody else is manipulating things, somebody else is probably keeping the money um, and benefiting and not usually the victim, that's where we can see that this definition of trafficking is much broader than this idea of somebody kind of being, you know, snatched out of a, a parking lot and thrown into a van. Yes. Um, so we have a lot more of it in our state than what people realize. And it happens in parts of our state that people don't realize. Um, our organization is based in Wichita, which is, you know, obviously the urban center sure. of this part of the state. But we've had cases out of almost every rural community as well. Because again, if we go back to that first contact or that, you know, kind of grooming process um, happening online, anywhere we've got the internet, we've had, we've had trafficking cases. Um, And a lot of times that starts on things that people maybe don't even think about. Um, You know, you think about dating sites or, or things like that, but it's also social media, every platform of social media, online gaming, um, things like Roblox and Fortnite that younger kids are playing Mm -hmm. on, anything where we've got an option for somebody to private message someone, there's a risk of that online exploitation starting, and then there's a risk of that escalating into an in-person situation. And so it's not just the thing that happens over there, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. or in the big city or in the other part of the world. you know, unfortunately, exploitation and um, trafficking have happened as long as there's been people. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I think it's important for people to know, you know, um, yeah, you're based in Wichita, but we, Sumner County borders Wichita, right? We have a turnpike going up and down. We have social media. We have, um, so it, it is happening in small town America. Yeah, and we have kiddos that are placed in foster homes all over the state. Yes. Um, kids that run from a placement here in Sumner County are probably running towards Wichita, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a bigger city. Sure. Um, kids from Wichita are placed in foster homes in Sumner County. Um, so yeah, there it happens everywhere. And I think we get lured into kind of this false sense of safety of, you know, oh, well, you know, we live out in the country or we live in a small town. Absolutely. So, those things don't happen here, but, um, but they do. Yeah. Um, so can you kind of touch on, uh, you know, if a parent 
suspect something, what are like maybe the early signs or, you know, any signs that maybe they can, that are red flags that they should be looking for? Yeah, there's a couple of things. Um, one of the, the biggest like glaring, flashing neon, you know, red flag signs um, is if your kid all of a sudden has an extra phone, mm. that is a huge red flag. Um, what we see a lot of times is the trafficker will provide a phone to the victim for that victim to take their own photos, post their own ads and things like that so that that phone is not traceable back to the trafficker. And so, um, you know, things like having gifts or things that you know that your child couldn't have afforded to buy for themselves, where is that gift coming from? Um, running around with an older crowd, you know, older boyfriend or girlfriend, or even really just, you know, an older friend crowd, just some of those things that, you know, maybe aren't a trafficking situation, but would kind of make, make your ears perk up. Yeah. Kind of question. Yeah. My, my kids behavior is changing. Their dress is changing. Um, maybe they're becoming a little bit more withdrawn or secretive. Um, some of those things would definitely be things to look out for. And then I think the biggest thing really, especially with, um, you know, younger kids is know what they're doing online. Yes. Know what platforms that they're on, get on those apps and know how to use them. Get on there and navigate around. Get on Roblox or Minecraft, which I'm terrible at. I'm, a t- <laughs> I'm terrible at video games. I'm awful. My kid's like, mom, you. no. Um, but get on there and, and navigate around and know how they work. Know how to find the report button. Every platform that has any kind of private messaging has to, by law, have a report function. And so if somebody messages your kiddo, do they know how to report it? Hopefully they're coming to you and telling you, but even if they're not, they can still report that and they can report it anonymously if they want to, um, have those conversations with them. And I think the biggest thing is just making sure that they know they can come to you. Absolutely. When something goes a little sideways or, you know, they get a little too far down a path that they weren't planning on with somebody, um, something that again, starts out very innocent, Mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, I think this is a, a kid that goes to a neighboring school that I'm talking to. And then I realize, well, now they're asking me for things that make me feel a little uncomfortable. Who can I, who can I talk to about that? So I think just positioning ourselves as parents, grandparents, guardians, um, as somebody that they know they can come to, because what we see is that person that is trying to exploit them is banking on them getting into a position where they're embarrassed and ashamed, scared they're going to get in trouble, and then now that perpetrator has complete control because that kid is probably going to continue to send photos or or do whatever they ask to try to keep this thing under wraps, Mm -hmm. and that's never going to happen. It's going to get worse, and it's going to get worse. And so knowing that they can come to somebody, we can't always undo, you know, if they've sent a photo out or, or things like that, but that person having one photo is way better than them having multiple photos, videos, getting that kid to meet up with them. Right. So we have to be their safe place. Right, right. I think we, you know, bringing up this topic, we really need to change our mindset too. You know, like you said, the movies always portray trafficking as moving them from one state to the next, right? Trafficking, mm-hmm. right? And so you're just talking about having a relationship. You, you know, there's not necessarily like you said, kidnapping or moving them from state to state. It's, it's local. Um, and they're doing it just right there. Yeah. So 
by definition, you don't have to move somebody from one place to another for them to be trafficked. And I think you're right. Just that term. I mean, we think of traffic. Yes. We think of cars. We yes. Think of movement. Um, does the movement happen? Yes. Um, people do get moved around from place to place. Um, but a lot of it happens right in their own community as well. So what we see kind of here in the Midwest is, you know, through Kansas, we have, I had to think about it. I just drove down from Wichita, 35, <laughs> 35 that yes. runs north and south, and then 70 runs east, east and mm-hmm. west. It's pretty easy to be in and out of our state in any direction within a few hours. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to move through here. So what we see a lot of times is movement um, maybe from Kansas down to Oklahoma, Texas, kind of circle back up through like St. Louis, Kansas City, and kind of kind of run mm-hmm. this circle. Um, but what that is, is it is traffickers moving from place to place to fly under the radar and, and you know, avoid law enforcement. Sure. But I think even more maybe, I don't know if insidious is the right word, but what's really disgusting to me mm-hmm. is in their mind, they're really moving product around to new markets and they're going to where they can um, draw a larger profit off of this product mm-hmm. or this person. Right. Right. And so um, we do see the movement happen, but it's, it's not um, necessary to substantiate a, a case of trafficking. So I'll give you an example. We had a case out of one of our schools um, a few years ago where um, a student who had been in our prevention education class for several days um, came up to us afterwards and said, this isn't happening to me, but I have a friend who's in a really bad situation. She's like, I know things aren't good at home for her, but I haven't really been able to put my finger on what to tell the counselor or Mm -hmm. the principal or whoever. And she said, you know, some of the things that we've been talking about the last couple of days in class kind of match up with her situation. And so what we found out was the friend, her older brother had been trafficking her. And so he would come and pick her up from school. He would have, you know, preset quote unquote dates, you know, set up for her to go and, you know, have to have sex with somebody. And then he would collect the money or drugs or whatever they were paying with And she would go home and take a shower and do her homework and go back to school the next day. And so, you know, she wasn't being moved around from place to place. She wasn't being snatched up by a stranger. Nobody thought anything about her brother picking up from school. It's awful. Um, But her friend recognized it. And so a big part of the reason that we have put so much effort and energy into going into the schools is because we know kids go to each other first with things. Um, So we want them to know what the resources are that are out there, how to access those things, um, just how to respond to a friend that's dealing with something tough, whether it's this or any number of things. Um, We really want them to be um, compassionate, empathetic friends and look out for each other. And they want to. And it's really cool to see. Um, I don't think we give our young people nearly enough credit. Um, They're much smarter than we give them credit for. And they really do care about their community, about their friends. Um, they just haven't always been the, given the tools mm-hmm. to know what to do if somebody's struggling. So that's what we're trying to help them have access to those tools. Yeah, we need to surround ourselves with that type of friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For so sure. 
Um, okay, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, what can we do or the public do to help um, this cause? So there's a few things. Um, one, just educating yourself is, is a great place to start. Um, look for reputable sources online. Um, the Polaris Project is a phenomenal organization. They run the um, National Human Trafficking Hotline. They have a ton of resources on their website. Um, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children has a lot of great resources and a lot of great res- resources around online safety for kids as well. So, um, yeah, educating yourself, knowing, you know, what this is and what it looks like um, is a great place to start and then tell other people. Um, again, there's a lot of myths and misconceptions around this issue that circulate. And the more we can kind of combat that with accurate information, the more likely we are to recognize situations that are trafficking um, versus kind of living in this space of um, stranger danger fear, because that's not really what it looks like. Um, So educating yourself um, is a great way to start. And then I would look at what organizations in your area are serving um, survivors or working on the prevention side of this. So um, ICTSOS, like I said, we, we do prevention education. We also have adult advocacy services for adult survivors. We do a lot of education for um, different community groups, things like this. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of training for medical students, um, nursing school students. We do a, a two-hour block in every class of the police academy that comes through now. Wow. So there's a lot of great um, resources for education. So look at what organizations are in your community that are doing that preventative work, Um, whether that's things like teen dating violence. Um, January is also Stalking Awareness Mm -hmm. Month. A lot of these things overlap with trafficking, domestic violence, sexual assault. Um, Any of those organizations are serving trafficking survivors as well. They're also a lot of times working in those preventative spaces, um, just in a, a little bit different way, mm-hmm. right? So um, almost every community has a sexual assault, domestic violence organization. Not nearly as many have specifically trafficking organizations. Right. But look at your, your mental health services. Look at your homeless shelter services. Um, services that are making sure that people have access to healthy food and, you know, job training and things like that, all of those things are protective factors. So um, look at what's available in your community and support that. Um, Volunteer, donate, call and ask them if, you know, there are supplies that they need. Um, Nonprofits are always running on a shoestring budget, so they will will take your money and your help. Um, And it, it all overlaps and it all helps. Yeah, good. Okay, so um, let people know where they can uh, find your information out. Yeah, so we are um, online at ictsos.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under ictsos. And um, our mobile app is available in the app stores if you just search ictsos as well. Um, That is an app that we created for our students when we started going into the schools that has a really great statewide searchable resource guide. Mm. It's also got some red flags and warning signs, and it's got a way to report things, whether those things are online or in person, um, and you can report anonymously if you'd like. Good. Okay. 
Good information. Okay, like you said, um, donating. We would like to donate um, some fresh start bags to ICT SOS uh, that we've been collecting for this month, and we hope that um, it will help give someone a fresh start. Awesome. I so, appreciate that. Thank well, you so much. Yes, thank you, Jennifer, for being here and giving us such good information. Thanks for having me. Yes. And uh, don't forget to like us on Facebook and um Also check out our website at www.sumnercountyhealthdepartment.org.